everybody. Welcome to episode 21. Today, I have on the show Wendell Davis, who is a great friend of mine, played college basketball at Ashland University, now playing professionally overseas in France. I know it's probably been a you know busy offseason for you. Uh, you just resigned in France, which is a big accomplishment for you to continue your, you know, your professional basketball career over there. Uh, what are you working on the most right now, Wendell, just to improve your game and take your game to the next level so you can have even a better year over there? I think the biggest thing is consistency. Throughout the years, the one thing that I love doing is working hard, but I'm learning as you get older. You just kind of got to be consistent with what you don't want to make sure you get a daily dosage of it. Make sure longevity, uh, like you said, so make sure I keep playing. I'm learning with being older. It ain't necessarily going hard 24-7 every day, all day, but making sure I clock in every day, making sure I stretch. And so eating, being over there for five years now, I'm learning, like, what you put in your body is huge. So right. even once I get home now, after doing so many years of being over there, I learned, like, once I get home with certain foods, I can't eat like I used to before just because I'm used to, like, European style and the health and the, the life of it. So I think the biggest thing is consistency, man, making sure every day I clock in and understand and just clocking in day in and day out. Days you don't want to, the days you feel good, days you feel bad, just making sure I clock in every day. What's the most challenging part about hooping overseas? And how, how is the competition over there in France? I like that. Most challenging part is probably what most people don't see. People always see if I post about a good game or teams doing good or success. But what they don't see is time away from family, mm-hmm. being by yourself hours and hours a day. Just kind of having no moments, just like, like I said, I'm five years in doing it. And I can tell you multiple moments and stories of like my first year. I tell a lot of people they don't believe it, but first year I made 350 euros a month. And that is wild to think. So that was a difficult moment. But I think just kind of building up a name for yourself, regardless of who you are overseas, is pretty tough. And then just that time away from family, there's a lot of moments, a lot of memories and stuff I can't, I can't, won't be a part of them. I know people that's got married, people that's had babies and right. been overseas. That's that's probably the, the toughest thing. Yeah, how long are you overseas during the season? Like from what month to, to month? I don't think people realize that. I don't think people realize that you you really over there for like the majority of the year. Yeah, I'm over there from August until it could be up until June. Okay. Up until May. So you're over there for some time. And you do get a small break off, which is like seven to 10 days. But even with that break, man, it's it's difficult. There's a lot of lonely nights. I'm sure a lot of guys overseas can tell you there's a lot of lonely nights. And we love what we do. That's why, like I said, being in it for this long now, it's no matter of questioning, do I love what I do? Because I've been doing it for a decent amount of time. But that's probably the hardest thing is just being away from family and loved ones for that long amount of time. Other than that, I'm living a dream and I'm blessed and I'm grateful to be doing this. What, what's, so what's a long-term goal that you have for yourself, for your career? You know, you're still young. You just turned 27 and you got a lot of years left in, in your career. And forget what everybody else says, man, because, you know, people love to talk and people love to talk down on others. I'm just going to ask you, do you see yourself at least getting a two-way contract on an NBA team? Is that what you want to want to drive towards or because i can see you doing that man i'm not saying that just because i'm talking to you right now Uh, i see i've seen certain players who who can get two-way you know contracts and i'm like wow they really got a two-way contract do you see yourself doing that or want to do that so i'll say this i'm in a position now being overseas one i love the lifestyle that i live and i'll be honest with you nba that's it's always been a dream but to me it's not 
I love what I do being overseas. To be in the NBA, there's certain certain things you have to be capable of doing and sacrificing just like with overseas, but you gotta, it's so much that goes into it. It's not necessarily just your skill, but it's more so who you know being in the G League and if you wanna go that route and do that. And I know a couple people that have done it and tried it, but mm-hmm. for me personally, I love the overseas life just because I'm learning so much with it as far as one, I'm learning there's a different lifestyle. There's a different way to live life. There's a different way people are living in general. Culture, being able to embrace in Spanish culture, being able to embrace in France and learn new things about them and how they operate, how they think, just the way they look at life, completely different than us in the U.S. So it's bigger, and I feel like I'm getting so much more from this experience. Not to say that being an NBA, I would love to, but I know right now with my skill set and with what I'm doing, it wouldn't probably work out. So... I'm magnifying this basketball overseas as much as I can. And I'll say for my long-term goal, I'm 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 not going to say I'm getting there with basketball, but I'm starting to see the flowers of everything that I have put in as far as from college to becoming a pro to my first year being super tough, my second year still not getting a lot of what I want. And now I'm starting to see it come around the corner. So my goal now is to want – reach the top division. Uh, right now I'm in third division France, but one of my goals is to reach the top division just to say to myself I was capable of doing it and I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. And then from there, just seeing how long I can push this. I love it. Like I said, I played for the lowest amount of money you can think of and I'm still doing it now right. and I'm enjoying this, this whole process, this whole whole thing. So I really haven't thought of like what the end goal is, but I want to continue to play and continue to be better year in and year out. I haven't really, I can honestly say that's a great question, but I, I haven't thought, like, what do I really, overall, I know some of what I want to get once this is all said and done, but the overall picture, I just kind of want to keep striding and see where I end up these next couple years. Seen, I've seen on your IG story, you be signing autographs and stuff. Do do fans and, and people that live in France, do they love basketball team and stuff out there? Because I remember they treat you like you in the NBA sometimes. Because I remember when I was in Montreal, and I, I took an overseas trip for, for college at Wittenberg. They was coming up to me like, BA, you know, so is that the same way and how they treat you guys over there? Yes. So I can say my first year, man, um, I was with a club called Bardigas, and we ended up winning a championship. But for them, this is the way I explain to people that's at home, at least with the teams that I've been with. For them, it's like, imagine if, which we do here, but it's the NBA, so it's a little bit different. But to them, this team that they have is like a city. So it's like, example, Reynoldsburg. You have Reynoldsburg, everybody around here is prideful of them. This is who they represent. Mm-hmm. This is our city, this is our team. So they can take a lot of pride in that. So when you get people, for example, me being an American, I've been with this team for three years. So they seen me my first year and they they respected what I did and the respect that I brought to the game. Mm-hmm. So like from there, it's like, oh, we take you in. Like you're, you're one of us, you're here to help us and be better and build this up. Because for them, like I said, basketball, you get a good team, man. That's a huge thing. Everybody's coming from the city to watch you play. And it's to a degree, I don't want to say it's like the NBA, but you get love, you get respect. There's guys that I know that I have never seen over here in U.S. soil that know me from overseas, and it's just a mutual respect of understanding the grind and what it takes to get in. And like I said, I've, these last three years being in France, that's a place I've been able. Even in Spain, I was able to sign autographs. They made me feel loved, made me feel special. And I've been with two clubs in five years. I was in Spain for two years, mm-hmm. and then I was in France for three. And uh, each year they wanted me to come back. And even in Spain, they wanted me to come back for a third season. But I think that goes to show they kind of, to certain people, they kind of gravitate to you, and then they like, okay. 
And it's not so much only basketball. It's who you are as a person and all of that. So that goes in with it. If you're just down there and just a good basketball player, that doesn't mean you would necessarily have fans missing that. But when they see that you're invested in actually winning and wanting to win and giving it your all, man, you get so much love, so much love. Like you said, you'll have people walking up to you like, hey, you play basketball? And they love basketball because it's just a little bit different than what it is here in the U.S. For sure, man. You play for low money. And that just explains the love, the love that you have for the game. Do you guys, you're not playing for big money, but like, do you get like food paid for? You get housing paid for? Does that come along with your contract? So I'll, I'll mention this. So yeah, most guys sign a contract that could be anywhere from three to nine months. Um, you get some people that sign a year contract, but most people, they do three to nine months. And with that, depending like in Spain, when I signed my contract, I also got meals included in that. So they took me to a restaurant and showed me you can go here, here, and here any time of the day and get meals. So oh, wow. that's what came with that contract. So then with the contract that I have now in France, most times you get your uh, apartment paid for. So you don't pay for that. You get your car paid for, and then you get paid monthly. So that's how it works. So even after that, I know some guys can tell you, and it depends on where you're at and who you play for, but you might have a contract that says, Okay, if you average 15 points plus, you'll get a bonus for this. Or if you get a win, you'll get a bonus for this. Just depends on where you're at. Okay. Um, that can vary. Just like guys in the NBA have certain bonuses for certain things. And you might say, okay, if you guys make the playoffs, you get a $1,000 bonus. Or you get this or you get yeah, that. But it doesn't, okay. doesn't work like that everywhere. Sometimes people sign contracts and you just get your place paid for it. You get a car. And then after that, you just get paid monthly, and that's what it is. So it just depends really where you are. Okay, it's nice that y'all get incentives, though, included in that. Flip, switch the topics a little bit. Was there a time that you faced mental health struggles, whether it was in Spain that you played or or just the, the club that you play for now? Was there any point in time? Because I know you harped on, you mentioned that being away from family, but I want to dive deeper into it. Was there any point in time that you had, like you say, you had lonely nights, you might have had a couple bad games, and you was like, man, maybe this is not the right move for me. Maybe I need to go home now. Was there any nights that you felt like that? Yes. Uh, I, can, I can say, man, being over there, I, this it was my first year. I want to say it was my first year in France, yeah, during the whole COVID thing, man. Yeah. Uh, everybody was dealing with COVID in their own ways. And being overseas, it was a little bit, I want to say, more difficult because you got a language barrier on top. Their rules were 10 times uh, more strict. Yeah. So, for example, nice. you got the winter time. I mean, it's getting cold. On top of it getting cold, the sun's going down at like 6 o'clock. You can't leave. Like, when you, we had, to, they had a, a rule that if you left your house, you were only allowed to be outside. I think it was like 10 minutes or it might have been 30 minutes or something like that. You had to have a piece of paper that said what time you left your house where you're going and then like what time you'll be like it was it was ridiculous so you had nobody on the streets so every day it was like okay practice home that's it and then we had three incidents where people caught COVID and with them catching COVID that stopped us from doing any basketball activities for a week so for seven days randomly out of the season you're not allowed to leave your place so I had I want to say I really actually didn't even think that anything was going on, but I'm talking to a couple friends, and they're like, man, you just sound like you're down. And I didn't have any clue of it. And one thing that actually stuck out to me, a friend, I was FaceTiming daily, they was like, hey, man, you know what you need to do? And I'm just like, what's up? And they're like, you've been in your room, and like, I've never seen that window open, and you've been there for mm. five, six months. And something as simple as just open up the window, yeah. saying like, there is sunlight outside, like, 
you don't need to just be stuck in your room every day. In the dark, too. It wasn't anything to, yeah, it wasn't anything like when people think of depression, anything that somebody's always in, they they have their own idea of what it may be like. And for me, I didn't even notice it. I had to have someone tell me kind of like, well, you're down. Like, you can't even see it, but I'm seeing how you're moving. You're telling me you're coming home, not doing nothing, but just watching TV every day. Mm -hmm. You're enjoying it, but that's not really who you are. You're just kind of stuck. Like I said, I feel like a lot of people during the time of COVID, man, that was tough. That was a tough time, especially overseas. But it gets tough. And one thing that I learned with these last couple of years is actually finding things that I like to do mm -hmm. uh, while I'm over there. So yeah, what do you, one thing I want to Yeah, what do you like to do besides playing, obviously? So one thing that I want to get better at is one, I want to read more. That's one of my goals this year is being able to read more uh, financial literacy, actually knowing like more about stocks, investments, and stuff like that. Because I have a lot of free time. You might have, imagine if you have two practices a day, you still got a lot of time when you're, right. you're talking four hours, and then you still have a lot of time. And then another thing I want to do is get back to having my ENS conversations, which yeah. motivated me right now to get back to doing that. So mm -hmm. that's one thing I want to get back on. So different things, but yes, man, I went through it. And I had some good friends and good people around me during those times to kind of inform me that one, you're not okay, and it's okay to not be okay. And two, we need to work on how we can be better, and you can be better, and get through this. And that was all I needed during that time. Okay, nice, nice. So you brought up the ENS. That was going to be my next topic. What, what was the reason why you started that? Everybody needs somebody, right? Yes. Uh, I started that, man, because reality of it, in this world, I don't care who you are. And I say, I really don't care who you are, black, white. Asian, mm -hmm. I mean, you can go down the list and then you can go down any age. You can go down any class as far as money. We all need somebody, especially in the world that we living in today. Right. There's so much division between this and that. And like, it's just like everybody's trying to get us to break up. And then it's even getting even more worse because you think about COVID, COVID kind of allowed people to be by themselves, which is a good and a bad thing. But it's like, okay, we can split you guys up. Itself, and now everybody's in their own home. You're sitting by yourself. Like, social media is making people oh, man. take away from reality. It's just, it's getting worse and worse. But what made me do it is one of my best friends, my first year overseas, he talked to me every day. And, like, I didn't know how my first year overseas was going to go, who would talk to me, who wouldn't, who would stay in contact, who would care. Mm -hmm. And I needed him beside me, and I didn't understand until after the fact. He motivated me every day. We've got to be better. You're going to be better. There's, there's bigger things that come from this basketball, bro. Just keep pushing. And I'm talking to him every day, motivating him. Like, bro, you're doing a great job in your teaching. This is the first year for you. You got to learn this. You got to learn that. We both working out together on FaceTime. We both talking. I'm like, if I didn't have that, who knows if I'd have went to year two or year three or be where I'm at in year five right. now. So it's like, I learned I needed him. And a lot of times, us as men, especially black men in America, we're always like, bro, I'm going to get it done. It's on me. It is what it is. I'm like, ah, ah, ah. Yeah. It ain't always got to be that. It can be you having somebody else. Who else do you need to push you to be better? We all need somebody at the end of the day. It's not one person that's going to say, I got it done by myself. It, that's not how anything in this world works. You literally need to have somebody else to push you to be better. The last question, and I'll get you off on here, man. What goals do you have personally for this year coming up? So one of my goals to talk to my friend the other day, uh, one of my personal goals is to be able to average 14 or more points. And I say that because this is going to be my third year in the league. I don't like to put a 
average out there, but being being in the league for three years, I feel like it's only right to make sure you do better and do more because you understand everything more. Right. So that's where I want to be with that. Um, I want to be able to rebound better. So I always say I want to be able to, if I can have a 15, five and five season for me, I feel like that's very good and showing that I can do multiple things. But with all of that saying, I want to have a winning season. I want to have a, a deep run in the playoffs mm-hmm. and I want to, I want to be able to push the team to be better. So like stats matter. Yes. But the first thing is being able to win mm-hmm. and put ourselves in good position and being in the top five to make the playoffs and actually make the run forward. That's my two goals as far as basketball statistically and as a team. I want to make sure we can make the playoffs and actually make a run and be one of the top dogs in the league this year for sure. How do playoffs set up in, a, in France? How many games do you got to play to win a championship? Are they serious? Around like 30 or, some, 30 or so games. Uh, you got the first half of the season. And the way that they do it is a little bit different. It's not like, uh, I'll try to explain this best way I can. So you play the first half of the season and they take your top 10 team, your top five teams from group one and your top five teams from group two. Mm-hmm. And then they put them top teams together. And then your second tier teams, they put them teams together. So you have a pool of your top teams and then another pool of your like second tier teams and then your bottom team. So the top dogs got to fight against each other. So okay. you might start off the season at, for example, 13-2 and two or 13-3, and three, and now you're going to be put with another team that's matched up 13-3, and three, but they're from the other side. So the best way I'll explain it is like the NBA, you got the East and the West. Imagine middle of the season, the top five teams in the East and the top five teams in the West, now they're all in the same conference. Right. And the rest of those bottom teams are in the same conference. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yep. All right. That's how, that, that's how it works. Yep. Was y'all in the playoffs last year? Yes, we were able to make the playoffs. Uh, we made the first game, and the way they do it is best of three. We lost the first one by one or two, and then we lost by, I think, ten the second one. So okay. I was injured for the uh, second game, so I wasn't able to play it. But my goal now this year, like I said, is to be able to make a run once we get there and not just be in and out of there. I got a feeling for it, and I've seen how it was, so now I want more. It's single elimination, right? Uh, yep, yep. Oh, that's tough. That's real tough. Yeah. Okay, nice, nice, yep. man. But I just, I just want you to, I just want to thank you for getting on my podcast, man. Make sure I get on one of them ENS conversations, oh, man. for sure. Once I start back up, bro, I got you. I appreciate you reaching out to me, man. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think you knew this, man, but I remember, I remember when I was a kid, I used to go to the Baldwin games, and you used to be like a big brother to me. I'm like, so I used to see you play at Baldwin. Then when I was in eighth grade, I used to come to all the varsity games when Coach Ryder was there. And, like, I used to saw you play, and I'm like, as soon as I get to high school, I need to be like that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I need to come in. I need to I need to come in, make an impact on Reynoldsburg right away like he did. So you really motivated and inspired me to do that, and I was able to do that. So I just want to say thank you, big bro. I appreciate that. Always, man. I'm going to say another thing, man. A lot of people, they call fun and put us, you know what I'm saying, once you play basketball at a decent level, they put us in this category. I'll tell you this, bro, and I noticed this from you from the jump, just since we're giving flowers right now, and I'm sure you know this, bro. You're a hard worker all the way around. Whether it was basketball, whatever the case may be, you've always been a hard worker, bro. And you doing this podcast, I hope this shoots up and keeps going and going. So being a hard worker, granted, we take it and we look at sports and we're like, man, he's good. But a lot of people don't think like, man, you can put that same effort and energy that you do with the basketball into so many different avenues, right. bro, and you can just go block for block and block. So keep building, bro, and keep growing. Don't let up, man. You still out there every day. I see you running. <laughs> I love it, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. I'll talk to you soon, brother.
Alrighty, dog. Yes, sir.